Welcome aboard the Ark. You're listening to the Hundred Podcast, the show at CW Sci-Fi series, The Hundred. I'm Dan, your Mountain Man, and today I'm joined by my favorite grounder, Olga. Hey, everybody! Today we'll be discussing season three, episode nine, entitled "Stealing Fire." Yeah, and spoilers ahead. So we're back after a little break, a little breaky break. And uh, what are you thinking about this year Hundred television series? Well, gosh darn, Dan, I'm a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're fun. We're fun people. Um, (laughs) I'm on a lot of cold meds right now. Oh, yeah, Um, we should point that out. uh, I got Olga sick, and then she was losing her voice, which made podcasting difficult, so we're a little bit late. I've been so sick lately. Yeah. Yeah. And then I finally get over it, and then a certain someone who may or may not be the co-host of this... (laughs) Little sh- little show here. I thought you were gonna call me a little shit. Oh <laughs> no! I just <laughs> this little shit show. Um... Uh, so what are you thinking of the hundred? <laughs> anyway, um, I really enjoyed this episode. It was a tough episode to watch. Mm-hmm. It really had a lot of tough subject matter. Potentially the most like visually gruesome episode, uh, debatable, but like potentially. Uh yeah, that's <clears throat> I I would put it up there for sure. Yeah. And like I watch a lot of violent stuff, <laughs> and this one was jarring in a lot of ways. It is at the point where I I actually think they should maybe put a warning before the episode because. The CW is not known for this. I mean, I'm not saying there hasn't been violence in, like, Supernatural or Vampire Diaries or whatever. But, like, this is a lot more... This isn't sci... I mean, this it is sci-fi. But this isn't, like, uh, magic or, you know, whatever. The Supernatural. This is, like, real life someone getting shot in the head, you know? Yeah, this and isn't cartoon yeah. or caricatured violence. Yeah. Um, this is... It's it's real. It yeah. happens, and it happens visually very similarly to how they're showing it. Yeah. So I I really really like the episode too. I think this is a really a really strong return for the show. I'm not saying there aren't some issues that I have with it. Um, I will just say off the bat before we even really get into it, I actually think the Bellamy stuff was the weakest part of the episode, which I'm kind of bummed about because I thought this was gonna be sort of like return to form potentially um yeah i'm i i can agree with that i I, honestly until i read your recap of it of our points i had actually more or less forgotten about that yeah yeah like it it just was while it was important and i in my mind it's important and i know it's important and it'll continue to be important Mm. i i feel like in a way they don't really know what to do with him right now because mm-hmm. it's tough to push a redemption arc for him well successfully at this point 
I was really surprised by what his point part was in this episode because I thought that it was gonna be that he that they were forced to work with him and didn't want to, and that he was gonna actively be trying to redeem himself by trying to save Kane this episode. And like obviously he did try and he couldn't he just couldn't, but I thought that we'd be seeing him like actually doing something good, but wow, they still don't trust him. Mm-hmm. Now, realistically, and I think maybe in a lot of ways it's it's good they slowed this down a little bit and really didn't let anybody trust him mm-hmm. um like that was good but it made it yeah so that he was just kind of on the sidelines yeah in a weird way and um that's that's exactly it where yeah. that's what i mean by them kind of not knowing what to do he's not ready for that full redemption and i kind of agree that he's not even ready to be trusted by anyone yeah. so arguably this was the correct thing to do with him like yeah. character plotting wise this was right but it wasn't interesting to watch well it, for me it goes even further than that and i don't want to get super in specifics but like i didn't like what he said like the things that they actually did give him i didn't like so i'll get we can get into that more later but, yeah I, I, yeah I think i know what you're talking about but yeah we'll get there yeah. um so I, we should throw in no city of light this week um that's coming back in a big way next week um but, you know, it's it's been a weird little dance with the City of Light storyline throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And I, I we are getting to the point where I am wondering if this is going to continue into next season or not. Because we're st- pretty far in now. And, like, it's still just, just beginning to pick up speed. You know? I think out of everything that's being set up, yeah. the, the, the ongoing arcs in this season... That is going to be the biggest... It, it hasn't been the central focus. No. And I think that it might be the central focus of next season. Because I wouldn't really want... I think they have like seven episodes left. Uh, well, this is episode nine, right? Yeah. So, yeah. 16, 16 I believe. Yeah. Season. yeah. So, I think they have the seven episodes left. And I don't really want them to do a turnaround and all of a sudden push that in in like the last two or something like that. So... I'm... A- I am expecting that, um, but maybe it won't be in the last two because if it does, the preview makes it look like that's getting like a big center stage next week. So maybe starting next week, it will start really taking um, a lot more time. But it's, it just is interesting. Like I was reading a review of this episode and they're like, normally after this episode, I think like the whole rest of the season would be about like taking down Pike and pick, taking down Antari and like there are big bads. This is all set up. And now it's, but it's like, but we have this weird little side thing building and more and more. And I, I, I want to point out that at this point, I'm in, much more intrigued by it than I once was. It's just, it is just like a weird little like, yes, it is connected now, but it's still disconnected. Like, you know, like, it's still its own thing with its yeah. own characters involved in it. Yeah, and it, it just hasn't really been present with our main, I guess, main cast as much. We should point out, though, that at this point, Ali and Jaha's main goal is now with our protagonist. So that's something, you know. That very good point. Yeah, I hadn't considered that side of it. Yeah, um, yeah I, I didn't miss it. I'm glad they didn't try and force it in. Yeah. And I actually, I hadn't seen the preview. Mm. So I have no idea <laughs> yeah. what that showed. Then again... I did see the preview for this episode mm. that came out during the break, uh, and it gave me a very different idea of what would be going on with mm. 
Bellamy. Yeah, it felt like a Bellamy Octavia focused episode, which it really wasn't. Yeah, so now I'm like, who cares what yeah. the <laughs> what the preview shows? I don't think it's at all accurate. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. Shall we get into our chronological discussion points? Why, yes, Dan, we will. <laughs> All right, so we start with Clark and Murphy. Clark wants to ensure that Aiden becomes the next Teta so that he'll protect the Sky People. Um, she has a nice little pieces of little acting of seeing the glimmers of her breaking while also trying to focus on protecting everybody. Um, you know, reminds me a lot of right after Finn died. Mm-hmm. Um so Titus, wants, he comes in, he wants to sneak Clark out of Polis, but she wants to speak with Aiden first. Um, and he t- we, had, we had lots of little exposition things here as far as, like, Titus is free despite killing Lexa because he's the only flamekeeper. I gotta point out, these uh, grounder people really need to stop making them only having one healer, only having <laughs> one flamekeeper. <laughs> it's uh, not a wise choice. It's a nice plot dev- device for the... Writer is a jail, get out of jail free card, but uh, it's kind of silly. It it's just kind of like why, <laughs> and how how is this a good idea? Like, do, yeah. I I just don't get it. it. It's I at this point, we've had so much of that with this with the healers. Yeah. That I really like. Really, you can't even say that like, the flame keeper training is like a seven days ride or something like that like well they they don't even make it they don't even make um like they could have had some sort of bs excuse about like why in the religion there can only be one or something but it's just like i'm the only one no real reason (laughs) yeah he he sounds almost ashamed of it yeah which i get that that's fine that's like character development the performance was tatus's performance starting off in this episode was incredible like yeah. really strong yeah. um but like some of the lines that they fed him were very weird yeah this included um all right so they're doing the the nightbloods are doing this ritual with lex's body and there's like some sort of red is it liquid or something that we end up seeing becomes the red smoke when they burn her body later um i thought it was a powder but maybe, i yeah, could have been right. i don't remember um, something, some red material. Um, and then all the Nightbloods basically swore fealty to Clark, had Lexa had made them, and then we get a nice little thing about how they all loved Lexa. Just a nice little sweet moment, I liked that. It's it, These are things that, they're doing some stuff to try to maintain Lexa's importance and legacy, you know. Well, I never thought that they wouldn't yeah, yeah. do that, I have to say. I, I, I like that they're doing it, but that would have just been lazy writing yeah yeah if they hadn't and i don't really consider of all the things that i could say about the writing in this show yeah lazy is not really Mm. one of them except when it comes to swiftly going through character motivations once in a while (laughs) but good point yeah but but i don't don't know if it's lazy so much as it's just like we have a lot to cover in a very short amount of time yeah i think it's it's more um Amb- overly ambitious at times. They just try to get everything in. You mm-hmm. know? Yes. Yeah. So uh, I don't know about you. Tell me how you felt. But when I, <laughs> when when Aiden's like, Lexa made us all swear fealty, and they all get up, and I'm like, how uncomfortable is it for the other Nightbloods that Clark is only talking to Aiden? Yeah. And she, 
just it, it, I felt like the secondhand cringe. <laughs> um, I get but, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just a really uncomfortable moment for me <laughs> to watch. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I'm socially. Uh, Social cringe is a thing that I experience a lot. So. Oh, yeah. I always, you know, that time when it's like a bunch of kids are going to get killed and you're only talking to the one that you think won't get killed happens to me all the time. Exactly. <laughs> this is why I love you. You're so relatable. Um, so Antari, Antari, who I did not know her name before this episode, is brought in by Roan uh, for the Conclave. So nice return of Roan, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Antari blames Clark for Nia's death. At first, when I saw this, I was like, I don't get why. She is crazy. Like, Lexa clearly did this. Mm-hmm. But I suppose the idea is that she did it in retribution for what the Ice Nation did to the Sky People. Because she could have just killed Roan. Right? So I guess it makes some yes. sense. I don't think I understood what you meant by that. Well, at first I was just like, I mean, like, Lexa did this. Why is she blaming Clark for this? That right. was my initial thing. But then I was like, oh, I guess that Lexa did this as revenge for attacking Sky People, and Clark represents Sky People, so she did it for the Sky People, so I kind of understand it's yeah. being Clark's fault, in a way. Okay, yeah. Like, it's not totally out of nowhere. Right, no, I, I kind of had a similar shocking thing like okay let's move the dagger away from the throat <laughs> very that's a a move that a lot of dice nation are a fan of yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah so i had that similar thing and i was like ah but lexa wouldn't have fought roan and there and then wouldn't have had to kill Nia, if not for Clark, yeah. so that it makes sense. I think it, it, it works. It just took me a while to get me wrap my too. head around that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I wonder if that's just us being slow, or it's just been a while since we've thought about these characters and their motivations. This is the like the place where people lunge out at other people. This happened like first we had Clark lunging out at Lexa at the beginning of the season, then we had like Emerson attacking like Clark, and now we have Huntari attacking her. Just oh a lot of. God. And then uh, and then the other one I actually I forgot was the guy from the village with Octavia who tries to lunges out and tries to kill Lexa. <laughs> There's a lot of people attacking people in the throne room. <laughs> but... Yeah, th- this place is cursed. <laughs> <laughs> like this is not a good this place has some bad vibes and uh if I was Hedda, I would redecorate. <laughs> I would like cover that hole up that people get kicked through. <laughs> <laughs> Put up a nice barrier, maybe a balcony. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is our big introduction to Antari, our, our big reintroduction, I would say. Um, and she vows to destroy the Sky People if she becomes Hedda. So this really sets up the big conflict of we have to have one of the good Nightbloods become Hedda rather than this evil one. Um, do you want to talk about Antari in general a little bit now? Or do we want to sort of save it as we go through? Or what do you um, think I'd like to save talking about her because at this point, all we know about her is that she's a bit psycho. Yeah, yeah. And we, by the end of the episode, we really do learn more yeah. that she's more than that, and which I appreciated. So at this point, all I was like, oh, geez, I, I don't think I want to be seeing this person yeah. because I was like, great, it's 
it's just like raving mad i'm a murder everybody that's yeah. not necessarily new or interesting to me but I, that changed yeah i agree so i guess the very basic thing is i'll say by the end of the episode i'm very interested in, and intrigued by this introduction of this character um this big making this new big player in the world here i think is cool um i do and this gets into weird iffiness about the behind the scenes stuff i if it really was true that that uh, Alicia Debnam Carey could only do the seven episodes and that's why she died when she did and whatever, um, then I guess I'm going to give them a pass for something which otherwise I'd be a little more of an issue with than that. Antari seems like a really big character to introduce into episode nine. You know, it's I mean, like, obviously she was introduced earlier, but she's kind of being set up as a new huge villain, like a huge villain. And it seems a little weird to do that now. You know, in general, I feel like the pacing has been strange with introducing Nia and then having it go away. And then, you know, like having City of Light and then having it go away. Yeah, like, I will be the first person to tell you that I have pacing issues with this yeah, season. Yeah. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that there's just a lot of ambition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like they were like... We need to up the ante from season two mm. and just have all of these different things going on Yeah. Um, with the sacrifice. I'm, I, I definitely have said this before, but now it's true for Ontario with the sacrifice of character development mm. and, and fleshing them out. Uh, I didn't think of that before. Well, it's okay. I don't know that I would agree with the second part of what you said as far as I think that there's still time to flesh her out more. And I think they actually did a very nice, quick, speedy, lots of little stuff in this episode. Um, it's just that if he is like one of the main antagonists, that's my weirder thing where it's just like it's kind of weird to introduce a main antagonist like two thirds into the season. Well, it, like, I don't think that they did a bad job with what yeah. they showed. Um, I was, like I said, by the end of the episode, I was like really interested and yeah. happy with her character. Yeah. It's, it's just that I agree with like, who knows what more we could have gotten if yeah. there, what issues could have been avoided had they like maybe removed certain plot elements for the time being or not ended up at the point that they were at. It's kind of like shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to discuss because... This is pure 100% speculation. Yeah. I mean, my feeling is that it would have, assuming they could have had Lexa as much as they, as much, for as much as they wanted of this particular season and then she was going to be gone after that, I feel like you probably, you probably would have ended the season with her death and then Antari would be the a new villain for the next, the beginning of the next season, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just weird that because they had a killer in the middle, it made this, Obviously, it makes sense that now she'd come into this position after Lex is gone, but it, because it's in the middle of the season, it's just a little funky, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was actually, I was kind of like dreading seeing her yeah. after Lexa was killed. Yeah. Because I hadn't had to think about Antari in a bit. And then it's like, uh, remember that psycho Nightblood who dripped yeah. all over Clark's face? Yeah. Dripped her blood all over. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm sorry about that wording. <laughs> I regret it. Anyway. She drips um... <laughs> all over Clark's face. Oh, boy. 
I'm sure so there's... Just think about that, guys, okay? <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm sure there's a hundred porn parody out there by now that... <laughs> if it had an Atari in it, that would be, uh, that'd be pretty fast moving. <laughs> but... I don't know what kind of... I don't want to be discussing this further. I don't know. <laughs> Never mind. What anyway. is going on with us today? Oh my god. Oh my god. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I do want to throw out that when I saw this scene, um, before I saw the rest of the episode, I was like, well, she has to become Hedda, right? Like, you can't just, like, have Aiden become the commander at this point, when it's, like, so much more worse for our characters if this per- if this awful person now becomes um, the commander. It does create this weird... I, th- I ca- think I like it, but a weird dynamic where now... The grounders are who Pike says they were. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's good or not good. <laughs> like, you know, like it's it's interesting. Um, and it would kind of it strengthens Pike's position, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. But basically, it just makes things terrible for everyone who's sane. <laughs> like, that, yeah, well, yeah. so that's exactly the thing where, I mean, who knows what will happen, but... And if Antari's arc is going to be, like, solved and dealt with mm. by the end of this season. Yeah. But um, it kind of puts a, an issue of if Pike is the one exiled, defeated, killed, whatever. Yeah. But the grounders are now more of what he was going, mm. like, what he was saying about them yeah. at the end. Then the regime for Kane or whoever becomes more difficult. Yeah. Because then there's like more of their more risk of mutiny or whatever dissatisfaction and threat to them from like Sky Crew. Well, it's interesting because I don't know like at this point if, if she is the commander for a while at this like like who knows how quickly Luna will get introduced and all that stuff, but if she is the commander for a while, Pike might actually be the right leader for them. <laughs> you know, like they might need him. Mm-hmm. I, I, and that's interesting. I don't know if that's the right right move yet, but it's it's an interesting move for the show to be making. <laughs> like the only not the only, but a huge problem with that is that Pike doesn't make the distinctions between yeah types of grounder really, no. and that's where the a lot of the real threat is to the characters because like I feel like. Pike is more referring to Ice Nation. Yeah. Or what was what was just Ice Nation. But then they went on the off- offensive mm. and now it's not just Ice Nation, it's Tree Crew. Yeah, yeah. So they've just engendered all of this hate towards and 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 uh vitriol towards Sky Crew. So now it's like in a way they don't really have that much of an alternative. Yeah. Especially well, if yeah. Antari is leading or someone like Antari is leading. Mm-hmm. They don't have that much of an alternative but to remain on the offensive. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's an interesting setup. I, I'll, I'm just intrigued by where this is going. I, I can't tell yet if it was the right choice. Mm-hmm. Like if I said, well, at least the choice that I agree with. But it was interesting and, and it's going to take it in a different direction than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, all right, let's move on through our chronological stuff. I apologize that we went off a little bit down the road there, but 
so in the jail, um, Pike is going to kill all the sick grounders. Bellamy says they didn't do anything. They just ran through a door like we would if we were in their position. So Pike decides just to kill Lincoln along with Cannon Sinclair. Uh, I like this. Yes. Um, it was another instance of them giving Pike some layers that he's willing to listen to reason to some mm-hmm. degree. Um, and he isn't just, I'm going to kill everybody because I like killing people. Yeah. He's, I would say, let me put it, the the way I would put it is, like, he's a harsh man, Mm -hmm. but he's not really a cruel man. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's not cruel for the sake of cruelty. Yeah, at least in his head. (laughs) Right, yeah, Yeah, good point. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he really, I mean, he honestly is a very good villain. He is the hero of his own story, and that's what they always say to do with your villains, is to make it... In his head, he's the protagonist, he's doing what's right, and he's protecting his people. And I honestly believe that he feels that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't agree with him, but that is what makes, you know, for a good drama. Yeah, and it's what makes him really interesting to watch. I mean, at this point, I think he's probably the best villain they've had. Yeah. I mean, Dante is really cool, but by the end, Dante, I don't even know if I'd call him a villain. But, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking Cage, but, like, there's some cartoony elements. Not cartoony, but, like, over melodramatic elements to season two. Yeah. Not to mention season one, but especially season two. Whereas I would say that Pike is not really melodrama. He's just drama. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, just going back to Bellamy in yep. this scene for a second, mm-hmm. um, I was starting to get a little concerned just from this that, like, Pike might become suspicious mm-hmm. of Bellamy Yeah. all of a sudden. And that's just because I don't really know what kind of relationship, like, what their relationship is. Mm-hmm. And I just was wondering if you could, like, help me out. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I don't think that he was suspicious of him in this scene. Oh, Um, I know he wasn't, but I was worried that it Mm. was going to engender that. I actually, I don't feel like I fully grasp it, but I think that what, how Pike feels about Bellamy is actually pretty interesting. Because he seems, especially if you look at the the end of last episode when he said that Kane was going to get killed. It felt like it was actually important to Pike that Bellamy be on his side. Mm. And I don't feel like it was just, like, for political reasons. I feel like he maybe respects him. He, at this point, to some degree, cares about him. And he doesn't want to see him go on the wrong path, which for him would be what he's doing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Yeah, I don't know if that's if you're supposed to get a sort of teacher-student dynamic in Pike's head, um, given their history. Um, but I think it's something that like he knows that Bellamy is respected and that he respects Bellamy, and he want it's important. I think there is a maybe a, you could imply there's a lot of like subtexts that I'm well, maybe overly reading into here, but you could say that maybe there's a hint of doubt in Pike about what he's doing and that by if he can convince Bellamy then he knows he's on the right track I wouldn't really read it as doubt mm-hmm. 
personally. That's just I, I haven't got yeah. that read on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't I, maybe what you're saying is like oh if Bellamy agrees then that must mean he's on the right track. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that I like I wouldn't really call Bellamy Pike's right hand. You wouldn't. I don't. I don't think I would. Not quite. I feel like Hannah is more Pike's I, right hand. That's interesting because I well, feel like hmm. I feel like Hannah is his stooge. Like like is just like his like servant. Oh my, like you know like. Yeah. No, you might be right. Like <laughs> the one who would carry out just like a loyal. Person. Yeah. But maybe Bellamy, he sees him more as his like apprentice, his protege. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I I could read that more. Yeah. Like su- kind of continuation, uh, the next level of the teacher-student yeah, relationship. Yeah, I agree with that. So, but I just um, and maybe that's why he's so trusting mm. of of him that he has no reason to distrust. Yeah, Bellamy. It was just kind of uh, I I don't know, I don't know. For some reason, I was just like really worried by mm. this. That's interesting. Scene. I mean, I think that in that first scene where right when Bellamy starts to go off the deep end, when Pike sits down and talks to him, you're supposed to see that potentially Pike sees a little of him of himself in Bellamy and that like he sees how, how Bellamy blames himself for what happened at Mount Weather and Pike blames himself too and he's he, you know, he sees that like what what trusting a grounder can do and how that's affected Bellamy. And he's, I think there is a bit of a kinship there. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think that you, there, there's a little bit too left up to interpretation. Um, yeah. But there are breadcrumbs if you want to follow them. I feel like, you know. Oh, I definitely agree with that. It was just this kind of thing where I'm like, I have these thoughts and they're not quite conflicting. They just aren't developed. Yeah. And I wasn't sure if that was just me or... No, I get yep. it. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it until you brought it up, but you you raised some good points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really everything I yeah. wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, Cain, as we already know, he was sent to death, and of course Sinclair too. Yeah. So <laughs> Bellamy and Monty meet up with Miller and Harper, and Bell takes uh, the bug that Brian put on Miller off of Miller. Uh, they want to help. Uh, they want to help them help Octavia to sneak Cain and the others out. But Harper and Miller aren't really giving them an, an ink. They don't trust them, like we talked about before. Um, Bell's like, screw this. I'm going to go to the dropship, tell Octavia to meet me there. Um, which I thought was cool they brought up the dropship again. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I liked, they're giving Harper these little snappy lines lately. <laughs> with Harper saying, does your mom know you're here, Monty? Um, oh. <laughs> which is fun. I, I do wish we got a little bit more of Harper beyond these lines but i do at least like the lines i do too but at this uh, point i'm like it would be kind of a, they put in time for miller mm-hmm. but they haven't put that equal amount of time into harper so if they just kind of started doing that all of a sudden yeah it'd be like she's gonna die isn't she <laughs> i mean it's one of those things where it would be nice to have more time for harper but i don't blame them they don't have time like if anything they need more time for monty and bellamy and you know so yeah there's just too many characters you know let's kill them all (laughs) well that's what they're doing yeah (laughs) um so yeah followed my advice (laughs) so octavia goes and meets up with bellamy she drugs him 
Uh, Casual. We'll, yeah, we'll get back to that. <laughs> um, so, okay, so they're in the Flamekeeper Chambers area thing. Um, change of scenery, change of direction in this conversation. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so Titus is saying Antari has the blood of the commanders. It's her right to compete for the flame. He's gonna. He like he doesn't care that she's awful or whatever. Um, he can't care. Yeah. I thought that I liked the little back and forth that they have where you know Clark's looking at the flame and she goes, "Is is she really in there?" And then Titus goes, "Of course she is." Mm-hmm. I I'm gonna miss Titus. I'll say that much. Uh, I think he was an interesting character, and we don't really have anybody else like him as far as religion and all that stuff goes. Because I no, thought that was not that. Uh, not since Wells has gone off the deep end. I mean, Jaha. Yes, God. Uh, well, that's a callback. Yeah, well, Wells also went off the deep yeah. end in a lot of ways. Uh, the deep end of life. Anyway. <laughs> um. So it, I, I definitely agree. I really like that moment. It was just kind of, it was just tender. Yeah. And c- kind of, again, carrying through from the opening scene of Clark missing Lexa mm. and not, it's not just being about her people as much as she's trying to push through of like, no, I'm doing this because Antari is a threat. Yeah. It's also a thing of like, if that's really Lexa in there. Yeah. Then this matters all the more. Yeah. And I do think that to a degree, even the stuff where she's doing, where she is trying to protect her people, I think even that's connected with Lexa as far as like, I can't let anybody, I can need to protect anybody that I can at this point, you know? I can't let anybody else die. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which unfortunately has been kind of Clark's position. Yeah. Like, I can't let anybody else die. Oh, but they keep dying. Yeah. And I killed most of them myself. Oh, that's <laughs> awful. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm definitely going to miss Titus as well. Yeah. And just in regards to religion, mm. we talk about it a lot, about how much we like that that is part of this world. Yeah, yeah. But Titus also says, like, how can you claim, after everything you've seen, how can you claim that this is just superstition? Yeah. But the problem is that this has a scientific explanation. Yeah, yeah. And the viewer is aware of that. Not not just the viewer, but also Sky Crew are really aware of that. Yeah. So it kind of does put this uncomfortable almost statement on the religion that we are, that we like that they have, like the mm. religious culture, in that we know that it is a misunderstanding. That's interesting that you, that you feel that way because... I think from what I've read and stuff with interviews and things is they very they I think that they intended giving the scientific explanation to strengthen the religion um and it's a, because I think that they they were war, they didn't want it to come off like look at these backwards people who are just believing in you know silly re- reincarnation and that's just silliness you know mm-hmm. Um, so they wanted okay. to, to, they wanted them to be right in a way, mm-hmm. but it is interesting that, that, that does, you're right. It does have that, that dual, um, effect of it also being like, well, you're still wrong, mm-hmm. but you're just not, you're just not idiots. <laughs> I guess. That's, and that's what I'm saying. That's why I like yeah. it so much. Yeah. Like they're not wrong because this is a really fantastical kind of thing that this would, if you don't understand it, be a religious kind of experience to witness. Yeah. 
and the fact that it it does have a representative the flame has the representative of an afterlife yeah for it does hold an afterlife so to speak of lexa yeah of the other commanders even though it's technology so i i maybe i can see how by explaining the science they're keeping it from being silly yeah but to me they're succeeding even though i recognize that they are still proving the grounders wrong yeah did that make sense no, in any way? I'm a little lost. <laughs> I was just saying, I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, basically, what you said about the writers intending a scientific explanation yeah. so as not to make the grounders seem silly and backwards. Yeah. I'm saying, I agree. They don't seem silly okay. or backwards. I like how they have this duality of them being wrong, but I don't kind of resent them for that. Okay. Still makes no sense. Still makes no sense, but I think we should move on. Uh, <laughs> Still makes sense <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> My ramblings. So Murphy says, uh, you know, if Lex is going to accuse, he wouldn't accuse Antari anyway, so why does any of this matter? Good question, Murphy. Doesn't really get answered. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love... I Say what you want about, like, why is Murphy here? I love that Murphy is here. He is, like, the cynical viewer in all of us. Uh, he has a few, there's a few good questions like this throughout the episode, and I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. You guys don't really have an answer for this. I mean, yeah, I mean, so, so Titus's response is the flame deepens what's already there. It would make Antari more Antari. So I get that that's what it would do, but again, why would Lexa accept? her the the only explanation that i have is that there's more than just lexa in there to accept her and that mo that lexa was an exception but they don't say that not in those words yeah that's what well titus does follow it up with saying like of i've served for um hedas yeah and out of all of them lexa was always this like benevolent yeah. strong person so i think that's exactly what he says that she was in those words yeah maybe a little confusingly but she was the exception yeah yeah she was different and if all of those other people could have been chosen yeah and lexa chosen by them antari could be chosen by lexa yeah interesting uh, it's it's an interpretation yeah i mean in my the way i read it is it's not just up to lexa to accuse her anyway so that's yeah. i mean it makes sense to me i just feel like i wish that was in the story a little bit more itself yeah um all right so they hear a victory horn Antari killed all the other nightbloods in their sleep and she shows aiden's head which we don't see on screen because this isn't rated r it's uh, not game of thrones yeah uh, yeah, I was. I was like, holy shit, are they going to show a child head? <laughs> and then I was like, okay, good call, good call. Yeah, I had my eyes fixated to that corner of the screen. Yeah. Of like, are we going to see it, it pulled into view? Uh, no, no, uh, uh, like, just, it was not I was thing. not expecting this. This was fucking violent. <laughs> just gruesome and horrifying. I thought that the whole, like, challenges between... The night bloods and them standing off against each other would be like an arc. <laughs> mm -hmm, yeah. Like we would hear about it or witness it a little bit. Like we'd witness yeah. a standoff between the last two people, Aiden and. Uh, you, what? You, 
I was just going to say, you know what I think the reason that like, part of the reason they didn't do that is they didn't want to actually show a kid fighting and getting killed. That this was an easy way to be gruesome and violent, but not really show anything. I can get that, but if this is the easy way out, yeah, I am. <laughs> this show is brutal. Yep. I mean, not that I didn't know that, but it has reached a new level of brutality. Yeah. Um, Decapita- decapitating children in their sleep is the better alternative <laughs> out of all of the alternatives. Yep, that's always... Remember, kids. The no, best shut up, Dan. Stop talking. We are not endorsing decapitation on this podcast. <laughs> um, I do want to bring up a few things here. Uh, first of all... Well, first, A, cool, freaky, awesome scene. Great acting from Montari. Um, but I, I did see some people... I don't know if I agree with this, but some people felt like this was further dragging Lexa's legacy through the mud with all the people she trained were just murdered in their sleep and weren't even able to protect themselves and, uh, you know, weren't good enough fighters to stop Antari. I-, I feel like people might be just looking for things to be upset about to a degree, but what do you think? I guess I could see that interpretation. Yeah. But it's... I, I My personal opinion is that that's just... Let's find more things to be upset about. Yeah. <laughs> There's bigger deals. There really are. Yeah. And um, I don't think that was the intention. If if uh, Antari had said something along the lines of, like, all her little night bloods could, like, yeah. I took, you know, like, really attacking Lexa. Yeah. And legacy, like, directly and verbally. Yeah. Then I'd be like, well, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in a way... It kind of showed she didn't. In a way, it seems like she didn't think she could win on indirect combat. You know, she had to be sneaky about it. Nor she like did the underhanded thing, particularly because she knew the other people were trained very well. It wouldn't necessarily win. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. It, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 that's kind of what Murphy hints at later. Yeah. Um, the one thing I want to throw is that at this point in the episode, I was I was confused about how old uh, Antari herself was supposed to be because everybody else was a little kid, and I was like, and she looks like sort of young. I I definitely thought she was older than Aiden and people, but I was like, is she supposed to be like fifteen? Is she supposed to be like twenty? I couldn't tell. Then the bath scene happened later. I was like, I'm pretty sure she's supposed to be not fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm thinking 17 at this point. But yeah. If she's supposed to potentially be romantically linked to Murphy, then, you know. And the, the actress is 25. Oh, damn. Really? Yeah. Damn. Damn. They do that a lot, though. Yeah. But, well, Murphy could only possibly be, like, 19 at this point, max. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. In fact, I don't even know that he can be that old because he had to have been less than 18 and it's been been under a year. Oh, it's been under. I cannot figure out the timeline for this show. Yeah, it's been under a year. In terms of how it's been under a year. Because I think the first two seasons are only like a month or two each and then there was a three three month break. Like at most it was a year, but I'm pretty sure it's it's like maybe nine months since they landed. (sighs) Yeah. I'm sure you're right. It just doesn't it's hard to yeah hard to wrap your head around that yeah okay so that's it 
basically when I say Murphy is 19 max, that's like, like his birthday was the other day, like that kind of thing. Happy birthday, Murphy. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) You celebrated by beating, getting beat up or beating (laughs) something. There you go. That's Um, the thing. So, yeah, so that makes it less gross. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Yeah, please. All right. <laughs> Bell and Indra, I put their entire subplot here together, so we're just going to go through it real quick. Um, Bell argues that Octavia w- won't be able to get close enough um, to save Kane without him, uh, you know, because Pike has his trust, he can help her. And Octavia says, you know, you're the reason they need saving. And he goes, maybe, but they, but you still need me. Octavia's like, hell no, and she leaves. So let's talk Pulls about the chains dramatically. <laughs> let's talk about that pit before we talk about the Indra stuff. I was surprised that that's all we had. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> what was in the trailer was like it. But... Yeah, yeah. What a tease. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be it, it. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> but. No. I don't know. I don't really have that much to say because yeah. it really. It was laid out in front of us and that was all we had. Like. Yeah. Want me to continue? Yeah, let's just go. Right. Unless you have something. No, I really don't. Either. So Bell tries to get Indra to free him, uh, and he goes. She goes like, "Why would I let you? I saw you massacre my people. I know how you got Pike's trust." Um, and you know, Bell reveals that he didn't kill Indra because of Octavia, and that's the same reason she isn't killing Bellamy. I have to say, I think it's kind of BS that she isn't killing Bellamy. I think that Indra would kill Bellamy. I don't think that she cared. I, I, she didn't care that much about Octavia, like, what, like, three three weeks ago. Like, I think he would kill Bellamy. He helps massacre entire people. I, if you want to throw in that he also saved her life, maybe. But, like, maybe, but then she also says, you denied me my warrior's death. Yeah, yeah. Like, she resents him for not killing her the way she would earn based on her station yeah yeah and now so she's like, like crippled in a way and yeah so either way it's like i'm not gonna kill you for her yeah but at the same time indra is i don't want to say that indra has been messed up mm. i mean clearly she's struggling she's messed up like emotionally yeah. but i mean the writing wise i i don't want to say that they've like undermined her character yeah because it's a little too early to come to that conclusion mm. for me. But this entire interaction didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Well, I also, I was unhappy with his explanation for why he didn't kill Indra. I didn't think that was his reason. And I was like, well, that's lame. That's worse. I thought that he didn't realize that Indra wasn't a terrible person who should be massacred. And felt guilty because he actually knew her. But no, because of Octavia. That makes it cheaper for me and hurts his character even more. The Bellamy that only saved Indra mm-hmm. because of Octavia yeah. is the Bellamy that we need to now like reconcile with and understand to be the Bellamy. Understand to be Bellamy since Mount Weather exploded. Yeah. So, and I still stand by that it was so jarring, that transition, that I would never have said that that was his reasoning before that explosion. Yeah. I would have said that it was because he respects her as a person. Because he's seen who she is and how strong she is, and he does have this respect for her. I think we've seen 
enough of that respect existing already. Yeah. But then ever since this explosion, it's like Bellamy hates all grounders universally. Yeah. Period. And I, I just have like out of all of them, Indra would be the one that he would still have respect for. Yeah. Well, so his reasoning is slightly hinted at here when after the red smoke comes up, which I'm jumping ahead, obviously, but we're sticking to the subplot, um, and he sees that Lex is burning, and she's going to go leave to pay her respects or whatever, or see her people. Who and... knows? I have no idea why she leaves, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just prob- probably just because it's like the new commander, it's important to know who's in charge now or something, I don't know. But <laughs> I... But his he, he he pins that like, oh, you're just going to leave us the way you left us in that weather. And so I think that you're supposed to think that he he feels betrayed by even her, that she's another betraying grounder, that she dicked them and she doesn't actually care about Octavia and that she just will do whatever the commander says. And the commander he thinks is duplicitous. And I think that's where you're supposed to think he's coming from. It's hard to agree with him, but. I, it, we know what's difficult is that we don't know how much time he actually spent with her in the three months. Mm-hmm. The whole three-month jump really kind of hurts this particular character arc mm-hmm. because we don't know what happened there. And also, there's always you can always come back to you. You you could you know you could trust the Grouders for three months. They didn't do anything to you for three months, you know. But uh, you know, if he didn't see Indra that much during that time. Then, and he, it, potentially, for all, I, for as far as I remember, all we know for sure is that he saw her when they went on that trip to go fuck, get Clark at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Then his most predominant memory of her is her ditching them and agreeing with the commander, which led to him having to kill her buddy. Mm-hmm. So, and again, you have to remember the fact that he wasn't there for a lot of the Indra stuff because he was in Mount Weather. That's true. So... In but, that way, I guess there's some explanation. So, so you're definitely, you're reminding me of a lot of stuff, and that's very true. I was actually going to bring up Mount Weather as the fact of, like, yeah, Indra did ditch Octavia. Yeah. And that sent Octavia into that angsty spiral that existed over those three months. Yeah. But the fact is that she was, na- she is now with Octavia. Yeah. And yeah, then it's like, oh, you're ditching us again. It's like, not really, because now she is. It's just, it's just odd. It's well, it's funny because I actually think that Indra proves him right, and that's that's how I interpret it. I think it is weird that she just leaves and ditches Octavia so soon after they just got back together, and we're that's like, we're true. gonna go on this mission. I think that was a strange choice. Actually, yeah, no, that really is. <laughs> this is just all entirely strange yeah. choices. Let me yeah. just put it that way. It's like, no, Octavia, I am with you. Oh no, I need to go back to Polis. Things are happening. Oh, I will go look for Clark at the beginning. Oh, Kane, my friend. And then yeah. immediately, like, Kane is not my friend. You are not my friend. You butchered my people. I'm not going to kill you for Octavia, who I am now ditching again. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, no, it's a little bit... I, I definitely think this subplot is the weakest part of the episode, which is why I put it all together and just wanted to get get through it. Yeah. All right, can we move on? Yeah, I really have nothing yeah. else to say. I don't know what kind of... Who knows when the next time Octavia is going to see Indra is or 
any of that jazz. On the flip side, I liked the Miller Brian scene. Um, Miller <laughs> confesses to being a spy. Uh, Brian freaks out because he thinks that there's the uh, bug there, which you know was Miller trying to trick Brian and, and proving that Brian was the one who planted the bug and he knew mm-hmm. about it. Um, I liked Miller has like sort of like a you know like making fun of of Brian and like sing songingly, being like Pike saved your life. You owe him, blah, blah, blah. I didn't uh, read it like that at all. Really? That's totally how I read it. But I thought I read it more as a, like, bitter mocking. Yeah, that's what I meant by that. Okay. That, that's that, that, that's better a word for what I meant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no. In that case, I agree. Yeah. Um, harsh, dude. Harsh. True, yeah. but harsh. And Brian needs to choose between Miller and Pike. So I, I know, just like a short little scene, but I think they did it. They're doing a pretty solid job with these two. Yeah. Yeah. More than they were giving us before. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Anything else, or should I go to Abby and Kane? Let's move on to Cabby. And yeah, so we have another relationship scene. Abby and Kane. Kane doesn't want Abby to do anything because the camp needs her. I mean, it's just like a nice little romantic scene. I don't really have anything else to say. No, this is what. Part of this conversation should have happened last week. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'd agree with that. <laughs> Not last week, but last, last episode. Yeah. 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 Moving on. Mm-hmm. I thought they would actually kiss in this scene. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, okay, so Roan is sneaking out Clark and Murphy. Uh, he wrote, but he says he will support Ontari because he's Ice Nation, uh, and the and the children were marked for death anyway, which was a solid point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's just doing what's best for his people, just like Clark did in that weather. You know, it was a nice. I, I like. There's another good little Murphy comment here. He's like, "That's a pretty good point." <laughs> Thanks, Murphy. Shut up. <laughs> I really liked that. That was good. Um, and Roan saved Clark to pay his debt to Lexa. Next time they see each other, it won't be as friends. Just I like I like Roan. I'm glad we get him as much as we can. I know the actor's not always available, but. I you know I continue to think they're doing a good job with his character. Yeah, I was happy to see him again. Yeah, and I still don't know like what to think of him and what where how much can we trust him? He says we can't trust him at all, but can we trust that? Like, in my opinion, um, he's kind of just like a Clark that isn't our main character. You know, like he's a he's just he. I think he is a good person. He'll just do what he needs to do for his people, and sometimes that will align with Clark and sometimes that won't align with Clark and mm-hmm. you know I think he's cool yeah I really like him yeah. and he has fantastic hair yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Clark you know so he Theron leaves Clark won't leave without the flame at this point I think it's absolutely ludicrous that Murphy sticks with Clark and doesn't make any sense with his character but that's what they did yeah he he should have pieced like he, the Murphy we know and he owes her oh, nothing right. yeah like, maybe he would feel bad for her a little bit, but, like, they don't have an ongoing connection here. Uh, it's, I mean, did I guess, did she save his life in the Lex episode? Like, did she free him? I don't even remember, really. She called him her friend. Which was stupid. And that's all that matters, Dan. Yeah. Friendship matters. I guess Murphy, especially with Amori out there, why would he not just leave and try to find Amori? Yeah. You know, especially, especially, which was like, it's one thing if you like was gonna stick along with with Clark so he could have a buddy or have someone to have his back. But when Clark is outright putting him in danger by doing boneheaded, crazy things, I don't mm-hmm. like. You know, in the later scenes, he doesn't seem to care if Antari 
is the head. So why does so he doesn't even care about this mission? So I don't again. I don't understand why he would go with Clark here, but that's mm-hmm. what the plot needed. So that's what he did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Poor Murphy. Yeah. Or or not poor Murphy. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Alright, so Pike and company take Lincoln, Kane, and Sinclair to go kill them. Harper Radio <laughs> Sorry, that's like a really funny way of saying that. Like, they take these guys, you know, to kill them. <laughs> Casual. You know, that's how they do. Uh, Har- <laughs> Roll over here in Arcadia. Nice. Harper radios that they're leaving. Hannah and Monty overhear her talking to Octavia. So Hannah tells Pike. And Brian convinces him they should store the prisoners to the route of secure. Prisoners are put in a room guarded by Brian and his buddy uh, while Pike searches for Octavia. That was a lot of things that happened. I'm just saying them. Don't really have anything to say about them. Why do they need to have a public execution? Um, To prevent other traitors. I mean, but, like, if, if they're... I mean, wouldn't it be, like, easier slash more effective to just, like, oh, no, they're going to be trying to be freed, bam, 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 and then, like, throw their bodies in front of... I agree. Especially since, technically, Lincoln was killed outside of the gates of Arcadia. Yeah, so that that part of it makes it strange to me. Uh, But they were very clearly wanting to do a public execution at the end of last episode where they're like, we need to make an example out of him. Um, And... I think so in that way, I think it makes sense. Also, you might want to keep them as bait. You know, if they just kill them, maybe Octavia will just leave. Um, you know, depending on he doesn't know who the spies are, they could tell her that they're just dead. Um, but, you know, for some to some degree, yes, it's just convenience for the plot. I don't disagree. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that we, we can, we'll get back to the, when Link, the Lincoln thing later. I, I do think it's weird that that's not a public execution. Um, Couldn't pay all those extras. <laughs> Oh, okay. um, yeah. So Clark tries to steal the flame. Titus blames Clark for Lex's death. I thought that was really stupid and didn't fit his character. Um, it's I've... it's like we've made movement on Titus. Yeah. And then it's like we reverse all of that movement. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was weird. Yeah. Um, and then he talks about so this is this this part I thought was good good little interesting piece to things where he says with um when someone without the blood takes the flame the flame takes their life, so that's a nice you know important part of mythology here. Mm-hmm. Um, Titus believes Lex's spirit chose Antare because he's the only night blood left. Um, and then you know Clark points out another sort of like sort of like the Murphy comments. Clark points out like only Nightbloods can get the flame, and you let them kill each other. That's gonna be the dumbest succession plan ever. <laughs> I was Love like, it. yeah, Clark, good good comment here. <laughs> um, and then Clark remembers that there but there was another Nightblood that Lex's conclave that Lexa didn't kill. That one person ran away. They were a coward. Did you did you see the Luna thing coming? I did not. I saw it at all. I was like, why didn't I tweet this before it happened? (laughs) How did you see it? Actually, before I ask you that, before we address that, Titus didn't address why they let them kill each other. No, he didn't. That? That's just the ritual. That's just freaking. If we want to make the night, uh, not the nightbloods, if we want to make their religion and their culture not seem silly. Yeah. And. Unre- you know, like, please address that. <laughs> I mean, I, I do. I mean, I think it, it that is one of those things where it's like, 
they they do have vestiges of a savage warrior culture, and I think that's tradition, and that makes sense that they would start out that way, potentially. Um, that, and that maybe even when it started, it wasn't that there was a ritual. Maybe it was that the, the people who could have it fought over it. Um, I could maybe see that being right. how it started. Or it could be a thing of, like, if only one is alive, then there can't be other claims to power. Like, oh, yeah. it, it prevents a coup or, or like, dis, discord among the people. It's like, well, these vote for, you know, are behind this night blood, and these are behind this night blood. And... It is confusing, though, now that I'm thinking about it. So, okay, so say they had the Conclave, right? And Aiden won. So then where the next Nightbloods come from? Yeah. Like, they, 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 it seems like they, like, find them in the different villages, like, little kids are tested or something, right? And then they're taken. But that means that they're... So is this the problem is that the next generation are too young at this point? Or haven't been born yet? It's just a weird... And, and also, like, is it, so is it a mutation? Or is it a lineage? Because in that case, how are there, how is there a lineage if they keep killing them? I'm a, I I feel like it's a mutation. Yeah. I feel like they've addressed. Have they addressed that? I don't know. Well, see, I'm confused because I don't think it's a mutation because because Becca injected herself with it and and changed her blood. So. I, oh. But maybe it's like some maybe it's like a recessive gene or something. Maybe, maybe it's like some people like we don't know who are all of her descendants. And some people have it, some people don't. Mm-hmm. Like express, like some people express it. I don't know. I don't know. Or I, I was like... both something that she did to herself and a mutation? Potentially, I I don't know. Strong. There, I would like more information about this. I do think in some ways I'm overthinking it, but in other ways I feel like we need more information about this. Yeah. Anyway, going aside from our pseudo scientific conjecture here, yeah. um, how did you see? How did you predict the Luna thing? I was just like, who else could it possibly be? <laughs> I was like, it's clearly not Costia because we know that she found her head. We don't know any other female name. You know, like, I was like, why would they have brought up Luna so many times before if she wasn't going to matter? Um, so when they, especially when they said it, uh, it was a her and that she ran away and that we knew Luna, like, wanted her privacy a lot all the time. Like, had talked about that in the past. Um, yeah. How many times has she been brought up? I feel like she's been brought up once. No, twice. At least twice. Um, she Still, was, good job. Yeah. I mean, I guess it sticks out to me because every time they say stuff like that, it's for a reason. Like, they brought up the Reapers really early on. They brought up um, the Ice Nation in Season 2. You know, they talked about Queen Nia in Season 2. It, it, it's you When they bring up these things, they don't usually just leave them hanging. And the fact that this Luna thing has been hanging since Season 1, I was mm-hmm. like, this has to come back at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely figured that at one point. I just yeah. never... Good job. That's <laughs> all I'll say. Like, <laughs> Thank you. Good detective skills. Nice writing. Yeah. Now, I wonder... I wonder if... Um, I wonder if Lexa had a relationship with Luna? Or a flirtation or something? I, I wouldn't... I'm, all I'm saying is I wouldn't be surprised if Luna wasn't straight. It, that would do some stuff to the Phantom, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it would be a... I personally think it would be a good idea. Um, but, I don't know. 
Hey. <laughs> well, I mean, what would be bad about introducing another character? That... It wouldn't be bad. I'm not saying that that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the the issue that I anticipate yeah. <laughs> is people being like, she's they're trying to make us forget yeah. Lexa and like just replace her. Yeah. That's not okay. Like yeah. these aren't disposable people and characters. Like Yeah. You yeah. can't just interchange people with these identities at will. Mm. Like I don't, know. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. So I Obviously, they need to take their time with it, but I also think it would be weird if then the then that led to Clark can never be with another girl. Like that feels weird too, you know. Oh, I see what you're saying. That's what I was thinking about. That especially if she's going to Luna. Right. Well, yeah. she would like to go to Luna, but <laughs> yeah. But eventually, he'll he'll meet Luna. Is yeah, all I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, whoa, my voice just... <laughs> wow! <laughs> That's the next level hoarseness. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I'm gonna... Jury's out on that. Yeah. All I'm saying is take your time, but I I think it's weird if they don't ever let her be with another woman. Um, but obviously, obviously take their time. I don't think he should be with anyone at all in the rest of this season at minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, all right, so Antari Barg is in uh, basically bursting through Murphy. Um, that was funny. <laughs> I think it's interesting. I didn't get this the first time I watched that, that he thought Titus brought him in as an or- part of the Order of the Flame. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, she just assumed that, and everybody just totally played along with it. Um, and so Titus tells Antari that he has to be cleansed before he ascends and has Murphy perform the ritual, which we'll get back to. Um, Clark knows Lincoln can find Luna. This was another point where I was like, Lincoln is so dead this episode. Right, yeah. right. I was like, oh, crap, this is his death. Like, this yeah. truly is the death sentence. Yeah. He's needed for something. <laughs> um, and Titus admits Luna is better than Antari and makes Clark a flamekeeper. Clark gets some armor and weaponry and stuff and from, from the commanders of old and heads off on her mission with yet another title to her name. Um, good? Yeah, she's just racking up those titles. <laughs> um, alright, so the prisoner guards are taken out. Brian is shown to be on the good side now later on when we find out that he, like, agreed to this. Um, Park Circus... Park. Pike Circus for Octavia, but Octavia hid the prisoners in the floorboard. Floor... I can't even speak anymore. What is going on with you? <laughs> Floorboards, just like she did as a child. And... Oh, that was a great comment, by yeah. the way. The game was like, tighten there. And she's like, shade. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yep, there we go. Just as a reminder of what Kane used to believe in. Yeah. That he's still that guy in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, Monty defies his mother and tells the guards the prisoners are headed to the main gate. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. Okay, well, did you, I was not surprised that Hannah stood by Monty. I wasn't either, um, but uh, I don't know, I, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised, though I was a little scared, there's like a, 
uh, exchange between Pike and Monty that I think I misread. Where I thought Pike was uh, sort of mistrustful of Monty, and I was like, "Is Monty gonna die this episode?" You know. <laughs> so I'm glad that didn't happen. Right. Um, I, as far as Monty doing that. I feel like in this episode it was fine, but it just again he should have had more build up to it. It was it was a potentially could have been a big moment, but he just hasn't been given enough to make it feel like a big moment. Well, that's exactly the thing. Where to me Monty is still the person where I'm like, yeah, he's gonna defend. Like this did not come as a surprise to me. This is not shocking. I'm yeah. like, yeah, of course he's gonna stand with his friends whether because he's like there there's this um russian saying that translated mean that it means like he's not meat and he's not seafood mm-hmm. like he's he's just kind of bland like he's not one thing he's not the other mm. he's just kind of there and he fulfills what he needs to fulfill yeah for like sustenance yeah but that's all you can really <laughs> say about him interesting <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think he has a little bit more than you're giving him credit for, but he's still, yeah, definitely not, not as Not by much. Yeah. yeah. Again, like Monty, just kind of like, yeah, of course he's going to stand with his friends. Yeah, yeah his mom's going to stand by him. I am interested eh. in where that goes, though. I feel like well, what yes. we saw in this episode was kind of bleh, but um, I think that it could have potentially interesting things going forward. Cause I thought that if his mom found out that it would be like in a very climactic, I didn't think there would be, like, downtime with it, you know? I thought she would, like, sacrifice herself at that moment or whatever, you know? As soon as we had Harper saying, like, the mom comment, yeah, I was like, eh. <laughs> and then we saw Monty and his mom together in that room. I was like, yeah, she's gonna, he's gonna, like, put himself out there. She's gonna protect him. Yeah. Nothing will happen with that for the rest of this episode. I think they're gonna have conflict in like scenes where it's just the two of them yeah. fairly soon, if not the next episode. I hope so. <laughs> I hope it's the next yeah. episode, but yeah. who knows? Um, and I'm sure it'll like not be resolved in yeah. one episode. And maybe she will then betray her son. I, I don't know. Mm. Like she will turn him into Pike, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I think she might be capable of that. I think she could be, yeah. But... I'm like kind of we're kind of spending more time on this than I feel like the show did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I want to say I think that both of us are being pretty negative about this episode, and we both liked it. So I don't I'm think trying... we're being negative. You don't uh, you don't think so? I mean, it, no. I feel like I guess I guess what I'm what I wanted to say is I feel like there is a lot to pick apart in a lot of the scenes, but I feel like the, the there's maybe more than the sum of its parts this episode for me. Oh, yeah, this episode, I definitely agree with you. It, it, it That's exactly right. It is more than the sum of its parts. It's kind of like, well, we, we compliment the things that we like, mm. but, you know, we've kind of grouped together what we don't like, and a lot of the issues that we have, they are issues that, aren't exclusive to this episode yeah yeah they've been established in the past and because that's the rules or the world that we're in now um they continue but overall i'm i even with everything that we addressed with the bellamy and indra and monty yeah that included i love this episode yeah me too so miller brian harper and sinclair all escape 
Um, Abby is going to stay behind to keep an eye on things. Kane kisses her goodbye. Nice. Which her. I'm a fan of the cabs. Um, <laughs> so that was nice. Nice little moment. Um, Pike uses a walkie to tell them that if they don't turn themselves in, the other grounders will die in their place. So, Lincoln wants to stay. He kisses Octavia by and drugs her and sends her off with Kane. And then Needle he surrenders. Yeah. And so then he surrenders himself to the guard. Yeah. Um, so, I, one thing I, I thought of earlier about Lincoln, one th- that I wish had happened before he died, because let's be honest here, I don't think any of us were surprised that he was dying given that he got a leading role in another series. Um, which honestly took a lot of the weight and like this would have been, I would have even liked this episode even more if I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, it, it was, I didn't feel a sense of dread really. Cause I was just like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I feel like I, I felt like I more definitively knew that about Lincoln than I did about Lexa. Cause the, with Lexa, there was a, a hint of a hope. I felt like whereas that that she did come back to the show once she was on Fear the Walking Dead. And I was like, you know, like the fact that she's on both shows is tough, but like maybe she'll be on once in a while and like maybe they'll find a way. She's such an important character. Whereas with with Lincoln, I was like, he's not honestly, he's never been as big of a character Mm-mm. as Lexa was. And he's the protagonist of this big series. Mm-hmm. I was like American gods. Yeah, yeah. I was like, he's not sticking around especially with how they set up the whole season for him with it was just like it made sense that that arc would end with him dying yeah um yeah and so unlike i felt like i felt like a huge sense of dread with lexa because i was like hopeful that maybe it wouldn't happen uh whereas with with lincoln i was just kind of resigned to this is what's gonna happen um but anything you want to throw in i i don't think i was as um hopeful for lexa yeah But I was definitely more resigned for Lincoln. Yeah. Like, this episode definitely felt like a goodbye to Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Not just because of, like, Luna or whatever. That was, like, the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Really. But just kind of bringing things together, showing him with his people, the fact that now there are three people going on the chopping blocks, metaphorical chopping Yeah thing block and if they all escaped that would be in this world unrealistic yeah so i was like oh maybe sinclair will too yeah the only one i was like guaranteed to survive this in my mind was kane Mm. that i did not feel guaranteed there i think they could have killed him but uh you know but i was more i felt he was more safe Mm -hmm. like you know i think he had a lot more story to tell Mm -hmm. um i i want to say so we're, we'll get into the, the specifics of the death in a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, I do want to say that as much as I personally think the death was handled well, mm-hmm. there are a few things that I wish they had done prior to his death with him. Um, I think that it's weird that he never really got a final confrontation with Bellamy, um, that that felt like something that was being built up, especially when we have the season start with them fighting as friends. Mm. Um, I, that seals a little strange. I, I mean, obviously, I feel like the repercussions of that will be put on Octavia to Bellamy, mm. but I still feel like it would have been nice to have like a final scene there. Uh, it's kind of a bummer that he didn't get a final scene with Nico. Where the hell is Nico at this point? I was just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And the other thing is, I don't really think that they... It would have been nice... Like, they didn't... That Octavia and, and Pike... Octavia and Pike... Octavia and Lincoln didn't get the nice sort of goodbye stuff that, like, Lexa and Clark did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the longest-running relationship, right? On the entire show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that it would have been... I would have hoped that they maybe got more of that. It would have telegraphed it more. And that's the thing is, I actually... What do you mean by telegraphed? His death. Like, I feel like we had, like, a big thing of a big Lexa, a big, a big Octavia um, Lincoln scene that would have telegraphed his death more. And and if you're not involved with, like, the news and don't know about American Gods, I don't think leading into this episode it was, like, obvious Lincoln was going to die or anything. I, I think mm-hmm. the American Gods thing really pushed us in that direction. Um, but... Yeah, I, I I don't think it was like obvious this is like his death episode right. for, for most viewers. I agree. I agree. And that's definitely I think one of the big flaws of this season mm-hmm. is the fact that I don't really I didn't really understand the footing of Octavia and Lincoln's relationship. Yeah. Like how did they stand? And so much of the relationship has been with them separated. Yeah. And continue it. That was season two. And then they kind of continued that in season three. Yeah. And then they didn't really have that resolution. Mm-hmm. And then he's killed. Yeah. So and they my, still love each other. Yeah. I get that. But like. Eh. My feeling about, about Lincoln in the season is that he had an amazing start. And in my opinion, a really nice end. But I feel like they screwed up the middle. Mm-hmm. Um. And then maybe even his death was a little bit too soon, even though I liked the death itself. Yes. Um, because I think that I really thought, like, honestly, when they started the season with his relationship with Octavia, this was like, to me, it was the most interesting their relationship has ever been. Mm-hmm. And I really liked their dynamics. I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff going on there and interesting metaphors. And I think that the end kind of connects to that but not as directly as I wanted it to, mm-hmm. especially because there's this whole thing where, like, the direct the direct com- conflict in the beginning of the season was about, like, Kane using Lincoln, potentially, right? Or Kane and Abby and, and the, the Sky people using him as a symbol or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, and, like, try it, which side does he belong with? But the problem is that the, the Sky people became so obviously evil, and quote-unquote, you know, Pike's side seems so clearly, obviously not where Lincoln can be, that he never really had to, like, choose between them. Mm-hmm. Which is, a, I mean, I don't blame them for that, because that was, like, a much bigger, greater plan as far as what everything's going on with Pike, that it wasn't like they were doing that to wreck the Lincoln storyline or anything. But... I do think that hurt it a little bit. And then mm-hmm. even though, yes, at the end, he's choosing his people, and I think that's a good death, it just, I feel like there was more to mine in the middle there. Yeah, I definitely, I agree with so much of what you've just said. Yeah. I think that's a really good summary of kind of like the issues yeah. that I face, that I also feel and have yeah. with this arc. Um, it would have been amazing if they could have had that like complete circle of Bellamy and Lincoln. Um, man. Yeah, it doesn't take away from the death itself. Yeah. It doesn't take away from this episode. Yeah. Let me put it that way. Yeah. But it's just kind of an unfortunate 
thing where so much of what I liked initially mm-hmm. was brushed away for the sake of movement of other plots. Yeah. And the intimacy between characters and just like that didn't get yeah. of of Octavia and Bellamy and Lincoln that triangle that we've had since season one yeah. and got again in season two, yeah. it wasn't fulfilled in season three. No. And now I mean, I it think they're going to in the same way. Yeah. I think they're going to try to fulfill it with how Octavia and Bellamy deal with this, with each other. Of course, but, but it's not that's really not the, same, the same thing. Yeah. 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 And, and it's one of those things too, where I'm not clear on how much of this, is because of behind the scenes stuff, unfortunately, which we'll get to a little bit more later. Um, I don't know if he, I mean, we know he was leaving, but I don't know like when they knew that, you know, like I, I really don't know if he died because he was leaving or if he was killed and then found another job. We'll get into that maybe a little more after, but do you have anything else you want to say about that? No, I'm a bit reluctant to discuss that actually. Cause that is like so much, speculation yeah yeah i get that i get mm-hmm. that anyway uh i'd mentioned how the sac- there's been a sacrifice of intimacy between the relationship of octavia and lincoln but we get some new kind of intimacy in the next scene with Antari and Murphy. Yeah. Did not see this one coming. Um, no. Murphy, you had. <laughs> Antari is being purified um, in a naked way. And <laughs> uh, so they have some interesting back and forth here as she is in the bath and he is just like hanging up by the window. And she goes like, you aren't scared of me. And he says, I think... What you did was smart, a little crazy maybe, but it's about survival. Um, and he doesn't care that she's going to wipe out Sky Crew. And I think that she kind of like turned on by that. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's grimy. I love it. <laughs> I really liked the scene a lot. Um, I'm a fan of this scene and of this potential dynamic. Um, and the grimy, weird relationship that potentially forms as she gets out and shows her nakedness to him. And he Um, looks over his shoulder, and she sees him looking and likes him looking. mm -hmm. I'm all about this. (laughs) Yeah. I'm loving it. I was like, Murphy has a type. Mm -hmm. Uh, A little crazy, a little, um, just, uh, unpredictable. Yeah, and I think it added an, a little interesting layer to her too. Yeah, um, this is the see. This is the first time where I'm like, she's not purely deranged murderer yeah. girl. And so I, I put a tweet about how I saw a hint of I saw that like, she feels like Joffrey with a hint of Daenerys. I'm talking about Game of Thrones here, if you won't know. Uh, the Joffrey obviously being like sort of the young crazy tyrant king and killing all those people or whatever. Um, and the Daenerys part, I mean, is a little bit more suspect. I was saying a hint, but I, I definitely was reminded of her here with being in the bath and then like sort of like wanting a little like, you know, I'm the leader and I'm going to have my little boy on the side here thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, I think this was a, a cool scene. I think it was a hot scene. I'm just going to yeah. say that. Going uh, back to game, the, the comparison for a yeah. second. And, and did you mention... 
I might have zoned out for a second. Did you mention the fact that uh, the actress who plays Antari, like... Tweet retweeted it? Saw, yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't, it. but that, that was really cool of her. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we're fans of hers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I think not just, like, the nakedness scene mm. for Daenerys, but, like, she... A lot of what I like about her as well is that she becomes, like even though she's young mm-hmm. and thrust into a position of power, mm-hmm. she wants that power. She accepts it. She looks for more of it. And it just has this like, and is unabashedly like unafraid to be sexual. Yeah. There's also the hint, the sort of connecting as far as it, like feeling like it's a birthright of theirs to be in power. Yeah, like, yeah, that's another of, thing. Yeah. yeah, and and I'm talking like current Daenerys, yeah. not season one slash book one Daenerys, yeah. by the way, because that was, I think, I think she was supposed to be like 13 or yeah. 15 or something grimy. Pretty, Although yeah. that is more actually a similarity with Antari. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh man, I I do. Okay, as much as I love this, I feel like I need to bring this up. Um, there is a potential issue gender politics wise of the crazy psycho is the one who is in charge of their sexuality um i i don't think that it's that big of a deal because we've seen multiple other non-crazy people on this show also be that way you know clark and raven and other people like that Mm -hmm. so i i think i i think that it's not a huge deal it was just something that did sort of hit me as far as like the you know, crazy person who wants sex, you know? Yeah. I can, I can see the fear of that, Mm -hmm. but I choose to read it more as like, she is confident in herself. Yeah. And it's, this is another element of her confidence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Roan brings in, Oh, can we talk about the whole Amori factor? Uh, (laughs) <laughs> I mean, when you, I remember we talked about it earlier, like, geez, Murphy, I thought you cared about Amori. Well, <laughs> he didn't do anything. Yeah. He just had a couple of witty comments and looked over his shoulder. But and he was definitely was into as, it. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, Murphy's not um perfect. We we know that. He's just, he just complimented her for killing children. <laughs> and honestly, it's funny. I mean, I do think he's attracted to her, but to some degree, it's also like, I can't totally blame him for this because it's in his best interest to keep this flirtation going because yeah. otherwise he'll probably get his head chopped off. <laughs> yeah. If he if she's interested in him yeah. in any way, finds him interesting or entertaining. Yeah. For the time being, that's a ticket to <laughs> ticket to live. So All right. there we go. So Roan brings in Titus, uh, who admits that he gave one head of the flame. Antari wants Titus dead, but Roan and Murphy both say that they need him. He's the only one who can perform the ritual. Um, but then Titus kills himself on Roan's knife. Very cool visual thing here with falling in the water and everything, too, I want to throw in. But... Yeah. I actually, I watched that scene three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really cool scene. I just kind of wanted to see how they, like, how it got put together. And I wa- in one ep- in one time, I, like, just watch Titus and then another time I 
Yeah, yeah. it's cool. So, um, great performance. I saw some people saying, was it Roan trying to make it look like that? Was Roan like, did Roan want to kill him to try to prevent Antari from ascending? I didn't read it that way, personally. No. Yeah. I, I, I trust Roan is of his word as far as like doing what he needs to do for his people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I... I think with the next thing that um, Roan says mm-hmm. of like, but you don't have the flame. You can't be like, and then the look that after, so after Antari says that she wants her ascension announced after yeah. like Titus is dead and in the bathtub. Yeah. Um, Roan is the one who says it's like, but you don't have the flame. And then Antari says like, nobody knows that she doesn't have the flame. Yeah. And there was this kind of look on Roan's face. Mm. Maybe I misread it. Maybe it wasn't. I'm reading too much into it. But Mm. it's like, all right, I'll do this. It is for the betterment of my people. But I don't like that you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think he finds it distasteful, but doesn't see any any better path for him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how I'm reading Roan, which I think is close to... It, it, like, makes him redeemable. Yeah, yeah. But not, like, he... But not so redeemable that he was, like, I'm going to be the hero of this, and I'm going yeah. to kill Titus so as to prevent this. Because then his yeah. plan has just failed, because yeah. Antari says, announce it anyway. Yeah. I think he's a very good, solid anti-hero. I don't think he's a villain. You know, I, you know, he's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I think, I think it was Titus, like, his last redeeming act self-sacrifice yeah so the elephant in the room here is that titus got an active death unlike lexa um yep not awesome no um especially Especially... oh were you gonna i think (laughs) you might have said exactly what i was no what were you gonna say i was gonna say especially since the writer like the writer went on and we discussed this how he was like talking about how killing Lexa was about Titus. Yeah. Was that what you were going to say? I well, I was going to say especially because there were there were a lot of other ways to kill him this episode as far as that he did kill Lexa and could have been executed very fairly, you know, and like Roan could have just lit, Antari could have told him to kill him anyway. Be like be like, "Eh, I don't care. Just kill him anyway. We don't need the we don't need the ritual." Um there were very easy ways to kill him without it being self-sacrifice. At the same time, I mean, I'm torn about this. I think it's worth mentioning that it sucks that he got an active death and Lexa didn't. I think that's certainly worth debating. At the same time, like, I thought it was a good end to his character arc, and, like, you know, it was a cool, awesome scene. I, you know, so I don't... I, I think that he had a good character arc and that they serviced it well. It, it, to me, it's more of a I wish they had serviced Lexa as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as it, opposed to they shouldn't have done this with Titus. Yeah, I, I agree. It's yeah. like, I like what they gave him, yeah. but I wish it wasn't just for him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was a cool scene. Yeah. I liked watching it. Agreed. I wish that this show was so simple where, in some ways, I wish the show was so simple that that was all we had to talk about Mm. but then it wouldn't be very interesting to talk about now would it nope (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
So Clark escapes on a horseback with the flame. Coolest like way to leave her. I'm excited to see where that goes and to see her connect back with some of the other people. Um, I didn't expect this, actually. I really thought she was going to be a polis a few more episodes, but I think this is a, a smarter move to have her be active once again and have a quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I mean, I wasn't expecting it at all for sure because I thought that the whole ritual trials, whatever. Yeah would go on for more than this episode. So after that, after child decapitation, I was like, anything could happen. So <laughs> Yeah. Cause I, I going into this episode, I really thought there were gonna be like two or three of like polis politics of her maneuvering things and trying to get the right person in charge. You know, like mm-hmm. I really thought that's what it was going to be. So, but I'm, I'm kind of glad that they kind of did the sped up version in this case and got her. I mean, something we haven't critiqued, but a lot of other people have critiqued is that Clark has, our once very active, powerful protagonist has kind of just been hanging out mm-hmm. for most of the season. Um, and, and hanging out slash being in this romance plot. And it's like, I get why some people would feel that way. And I think it's time. I think it was time to get her out of there. But uh, I I feel like what they've... I think Clark has had good stuff this season, personally. Yeah, I can't really complain. They've yeah. They've added a lot of time to other characters. Yeah. So, and I think she needed to sort of sit it out after everything with Matt Weather. You know, mm-hmm. I think she needed some quiet time and like character development. Like the Emerson seat whole episode was great. So, moving on, uh, we have some awesome music that I really enjoyed as Octavia runs to walk Lincoln's execution. Uh, P- Pike can't free Lincoln's people, but he promises they'll be cared for once again. Solid Pike stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, any last words not for you Lincoln says which I thought was great a really cool line there mm-hmm. and then he's brutally shot in the head and falls in the mud and it's super upsetting and Octavian screams and yeah. we don't hear it but we see it yeah. holy crap I was not not in a million years until I saw it the bullet go like not even see the bullet saw the whoosh of blood out of Lincoln's skull did I think that they would show that? Yeah. Yeah. This Just, is... Wow. Yeah. It was a very... Here's the thing. This is a very sensitive area, and uh, I hope that we don't upset anybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is... But I personally think this is a phenomenal scene of TV. Forget about the hundred. I think this was a really powerful scene of television, and is part of why I love television, and is honestly a big part of why I think I really like this episode. I uh, I know it's really violent, and that that can be very upsetting to some people, especially given that he's a black man. Um, mm-hmm. I know that there are some people that feel like there are signs of. I don't know, slave executions. I don't know how, if you want to word that better for me. Well, I think uh, um, we we had a conversation on, on Twitter yeah. with, uh, I want to give credit where credit is due. Well, a lot of, wording, just, a lot of people have been talking about it, but. Okay. But yeah. I think the, the fact is that the wording was take, uh, like, take the slave out back. Yeah. And like, take care of it. You know, and um, I don't want to take away from people's 
like this was very upsetting. Yeah. And sorry if I got a little like too carried away with my shock, but that's like genuinely in the moment that's how I felt just shocked. Yeah. But the connotations then we kind of addressed it before is because this is something very real and there are a lot of connotations to executions to this and with people of color specifically like black people of color yeah it just adds another emotional level to it i mean to me i think the reason i think this scene is so strong is because i think it really it, it completely succeeded in what it wanted to do in my opinion because i feel like what they wanted to do was paint this harrowing tragic fucked up scene and that's completely what they did and yeah. it was incredibly powerful did they need to show that much violence maybe not that's debatable but i think it added to the guttural holy fuck this is awful and i felt like it was awful and they wanted me to think it was awful um Personally, I think this is a great death for Lincoln. Uh, he died for his people. He chose to do it. He had agency, and he sacrificed himself. And that's a very heroic thing to do. It's a much. It's even you know a lot of times people have talked about how the minorities have been treated in their deaths on the show, and they pointed to Finn, who you know even though he did these terrible things, you know the white guy still got to sacrifice himself and die nobly, and I think this is much more noble than what happened with Finn because Lincoln never went off the deep end. You mm -hmm. know, he he died for the people he cared about and he sacrificed himself and he's a martyr and he did not give an inch. He was not scared. He was strong against Pike. I think that this is a great end for any character um, and that it does, even though I do, again, think that there were some missteps in the middle, it does sort of close the thing on, is he going to accuse the Sky people or his people who, you know, he's been accused of abandoning his people, but at the end, he does care about them, and he just wants to protect people and to do the right thing, and he's willing to die for that. I, I just, I think that that's a really powerful, great end, and it's, uh, it's a much stronger end than we talked about with the Lexa stuff, because he is choosing this. And, you know, could it have been another character? Sure. But we don't know. Again, we don't know if he wanted to leave the show for whatever reason. And that they it, we don't know how they ended up with Lincoln. We don't. But they gave him a good ending, in my opinion. Well, the alternative is for Lincoln's death, which I feel would have been inevitable in some way. Because he wanted to leave the show. Mm -hmm. um, or felt whatever. He was leave He was going to leave the show. Yeah. For whatever reason. At least that's how we understand it. Maybe we're yes. wrong. But... Yes. Yep. There's some sort of dis dissatisfaction. If there was any way for him to leave, he wouldn't abandon Octavia. So unless it was like she has to go with him, he would have had to die. No. And I think this is way more in line with his character and what he deserved than, like, a death in battle. Yeah. Like, that's what Indra would have wanted. And, yes, we, we know Lincoln as the warrior as well. But I see him more as the protector of his people. Mm -hmm. Like, a leader, but someone who cares. Like, more yeah. than just leads, but actually takes care. Yeah. 
and this is something he struggled with, like we addressed earlier. This is something we he struggled with being called a traitor. Yeah. And and here he redeems himself, and not and yes, there's the argument of like not everybody can, in in the real world or even in this world, not everyone can get a deserved death. Like yeah. that's never promised to you. Yeah. But in terms of satisfaction, mm. in terms of if even if no one gets it. Even if it's not guaranteed, it just feels better that way. It feels satisfying. And I say, talk reality or not of that, but I like that it's Mm. satisfying. Now, I mean, I totally get if it's too violent for some people and if it's it's upsetting to them. And if you don't like it, I understand. I just Mm -hmm. am saying where I think... And I think it was a really powerful, upsetting scene, and it was supposed to be a really powerful, upsetting scene. Um, I don't think it's, you know, in any way saying, you know, this is how things could be. No. I I really don't. And I I will say the particular part of the sentence as far as taking him out back, that part is a little strange. It it is weird. Why why isn't it a public execution? Um, You know, that I have no idea. That confuse me maybe to make it more intimate between pike and lincoln i think also so that octavia can see it that that too you know i think that's part of it but yeah it's weird but also i I mean again i I don't i'm not trying to upset anybody but i don't think that's exclusive to the execution of slaves especially given pike's fascist tendencies i took it much more as like an internment camp or like prison camp yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, it's like he's a prisoner of war, and this is a war crime. Yeah, like that's kind of how I read it. Like he's the Pike threatened a war crime to execute other prisoners, and yeah, and uh, Lincoln is the noble martyr. Yeah, who redeems himself in the eyes of his people. Yeah, and it it it's it was a very poignant death. Yeah. And it's going to be memorable. Like, he's a memorable character. He's not brushed under the table. I can't speak to whether it was a good idea universally for everybody to show him actually yeah. being shot. I can't say I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't enjoyable. But I can respect that decision. And I understand it's not for everybody. Yeah. Could have been too much. But I don't think I liked it. I don't personally read it as like gratuitous for the sake of gratuity. I don't think it's supposed to be cool or badass. Mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to be fucked up. I yeah, think it's no, supposed no, to no. be upsetting, you know? Yeah. And that, you know, that to me is why you would use intense violence yeah. and, and use it in a understandable way. Yeah. Um, you don't do it universally in this show. Like they, yeah. they, that's the thing that you could say for a lot of other things where it's like violence for violence sake. That's not really what the hundred is about. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. All right. So really quick, we're gonna have our weekly check-in about whether the showrunner of the show is an asshole or not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, people clearly have had a lot of issues with Jason Rothenberg in recent in recent months or whatever. Um, but I I did want to talk about the sort of stuff that's going on as far as people thinking that there was lots of tension between Ricky Whittle who played Lincoln and Jason Rothenberg and that there's some suspect 
tweets from Ricky Whittle's mother uh, sort of implying that Ricky left the show because Jason was bullying or mistreating him. I don't feel like I have the full um, story here. We def- certainly don't have Jason's point of view on this. I tend to think that there probably was tension. Whether it outright was bullying, we don't know. It it could be true, and that's awful. And mm-hmm. we obviously don't agree with that, and that sucks, especially because Ricky seems great. Um, but no, obviously, even if he didn't, no matter what, it's not okay. I don't know. I don't know if that affected the show. I don't know. You know, people, because of these things, are really looking into everything that happened to Lincoln or saying, oh, they, the, the, the ending shot was so gruesome because he wanted to do that to Ricky. I, I don't – we don't know. I, I feel like we needed to be addressed by us to some degree, but we just – I don't feel like I know enough to really know. But obviously, To comment, you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously, if there's bullying, we condemn that. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 I, I'd like to believe everybody on there is friends and likes each other and it's perfect, but that's yeah. that's not necessarily how it is. And that's not really probably a realistic view of things. And yeah. uh, But we don't know anything. And yeah. I don't think we'll ever really yeah. know. And so. I'm kind of torn at this point because I do feel an obligation if there's bad things happening to talk about them and but at the same time like i want to engage with the show as the show of the art as the art and it is always that tough debate about how much the artist should matter um as opposed to the actual product and i don't know but it, it is tough when it affects how you view the actual thing which i personally think was a great ending for lincoln but who knows what led to it and all that jazz and and part of me kind of like is I, I want to believe in, like, death of the author in this in a lot of ways. Yeah. Just, that's it. Like, this is what happened, and I think it stands on its own feet no matter what happened behind yeah. the scenes. But yeah. it's it's hard to say. All right, so we're going to get into some feedback now. Uh, if you want to be part of our feedback section, there's a few ways that you can be part of the show. You can email us at the100pod at gmail.com, or you can also send us a voice message there around two minutes if you want your voice heard on the podcast. You can also tweet us at the100podcast at Twitter, and uh, check out our Tumblr, the100-podcast.tumblr.com. Also, it would be super swell if you could leave us a nice iTunes review, it would help us get discovered by more people and build our audience, and you'll get more cool feedback that way, too. Um, we had one nice five-star review, didn't we? I forgot to write that down here, and I apologize, but maybe I'll include it next week. Um, Hopefully with more nice five-star reviews. <laughs> great. All right, and again, it, the, every time I say the 100 here, it's 100. It's not spelled out. Um, all right. Mm-hmm. I'm skipping tweets this week. I'm sorry. We got a lot of really great emails. They go on for a while, and I really just wanted to focus on the emails and the Tumblr question here. So we're just going to jump right into those, but we'll try to get more Twitter stuff in next week. Um, shall I read this first one? Um, no, I can do it. Okay. All right. So this is from Tumblr, uh, and it's from Barb. Hi, Dan and Olga. Thanks for the podcast. I really enjoy listening and analyzing along with you. Just had a few notes from the 308 episode. Regarding Monty and his stony silence slash stereotypes, 
I wonder how much of his reluctance to express his discontent has to do expressly with his mom being around. He's the only one I can think of who has a living parent, aside from Clark, but she's more on equal footing with Abby, and Abby has accepted her as equal. Hannah may not view Monty that way. I think this is another Asian stereotype. The parents set the rules and the kids dutifully obey, though I think we'll see Monty assert his independence from Hannah before the end of the season. Uh, but yeah, before we move on, uh, let's, let's talk, because she has a little more to say about Hannah in general. Um, but let's talk about the Monty stuff. I, I had not thought of this potential stereotype, but it, it is a potential thing there. Do you have any thoughts? Um, yeah, it kind of crossed my mind more mm. this episode. Yeah. What again, with the comment of like, does her mom know? Mm. It's just unfortunate that I, I don't know. I don't want to be looking for stereotypes in yeah. something that seems fairly just kind of straightforward but i don't don't think i don't think that was intentional i think that was an accident personally the other things might have been more intentional um yeah but it's it's just like it continues to be with yeah the flawed yeah issues around monty (laughs) yeah all right. Um, second note, why does Hannah need to be redeemed? We've never seen her act outside of the influence of Pike. Even the time she called to the grounder boy, Gabrielle, her softened look to me was intended to trick the boy, not be an honest glimpse of her motherly tendencies. Cheers. I, so I think they're referring to, I feel like we've talked about how we, we think that Hannah will be redeemed. Uh, I don't think Hannah needs to be redeemed at all. She could just totally be an asshole forever. Um, But I just think that we thought it was more likely. We don't think Pike ever will be because he seems straight up like he is the villain at this point. And Mm -hmm. it would be be a lot of work to make him get redeemed. Um, Hannah, I think we were talking about if someone was going to be redeemed, has more of a capacity because of the Monty connection um, to potentially do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts? No, that's exactly it. And actually, I mean, earlier this episode, we did address the fact of, like, she could still turn on her own son. Mm-hmm. I I don't really know what to expect from her at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Emails? Yeah. All right. Uh, this first email is from Anella N. At Anella Isabel. I hope I'm saying that as best I can. Um, all right. Great email here, by the way. So she says... Chugga chugga choo choo, all aboard the hype train. This episode's hype train destinations are Antari, Octavia, and Luna. (laughs) (laughs) First up, Antari. We've seen a little bit of Antari in 304, but in this episode we saw a lot of her and her personality. I think that that was referring to her naked body. Uh, (laughs) She's aggressive. (laughs) She is aggressive, bold, and fearless, as far as we know. She uh, ruthlessly beheaded all the Nightbloods in their sleep and demanded to be ascended without the flame. What a rebel. Let's not forget her bathtub scene with Murphy. What a flirt she is, shamelessly revealing her naked body to Murphy. I cannot wait to see what she has to offer for the rest of the season. I'm pretty sure we've seen a lot of what she has to offer. <laughs> At least Murphy has. Uh-huh. But yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I really like her. Excited to see what she's going to do. I've actually, I, I haven't really stopped and thought about it, but, like, everyone they've introduced this season has really panned out quite well. Like, Roan, Titus, uh, even, um, who else has there been? 
Uh, Mia. Pike, Pike, I think, has been really good. Nia doesn't really count to me because he was only like an, an episode, basically. Fair enough. But, Fair enough. Um, Anna isn't bad. It's, yeah. 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 Brian. Brian. Yeah, I like Brian a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, second stop, Octavia. If you look at Octavia's face during Lincoln's execution, you know exactly that shit's going down next episode. Um, before Lincoln was shot, Octavia was sobbing, but afterwards you can see the rage building in her face. All hell's, all hell breaks loose for Octavia. Yeah, someone's gonna get it, and I feel like the first person who's gonna get it is Bellamy. Yep. <laughs> so that I will want be... his sister to beat him up. That'll be fun <laughs> to watch. Yeah. Um, good stuff. I, I, I'm definitely, I definitely excited to see some more Octavia. Cause again, I feel like Octavia also has been sort of neglected a little bit lately. She had some, well, she had the great stuff in Bitter Harvest, but I just think that she had a really strong beginning, but then hasn't gotten as much as I thought she would this season. Maybe that's why they sent Indra away. Mm. Not for Indra, but so that Octavia can have is more. like in a way more alone. After Lincoln's death, and is more in her own rage circle without I Indra's influence. I suppose, but she's still gonna be with Kane and, I, and I everybody. I don't know. I'm yeah. trying to figure something out here. <laughs> Last stop, Luna, the long-awaited character that for, what was first mentioned in season one is finally appearing on the show. But we, but will we actually see her this season or next season? Will Clark actually find her? Also, she's a Nightblood. There will definitely be a battle between the last two Nightbloods this season on Tari versus Luna. Let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> so th- thanks for boarding the Ontario Octavia and Luna hype train. Hope you all survive the rest of the season. Uh, stay, t- stay hyped, Grounders. Stay tuned, Grounders. <laughs> that too. Yes. Anyway. I'm sorry. I'm just giggling too much to read that well. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That was a really great... That was a really great email. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that standoff and how Clark is going to play into it as well. Yep. Yeah. Thanks again, Anella. Yep. All right. So our next email is from Ted. Hey, guys. My name is Ted, and I've been listening to the podcast for a bit now. I've always wanted to send you guys a message, but no other episode has affected me and triggered me more than 309. This episode had some of the most gruesome death scenes, and it was so upsetting Not only that Titus died on his terms and sort of a hero's death when Lexa didn't get one, but also that the Natblitas died while sleeping, and while we didn't see their death, it was almost more gruesome than Bellamy and Pike killing the 299 Grounders. I wonder if that was done on purpose to help Bellamy's redemption. Lincoln's death almost made me hurl, and I hate that they showed it. The showrunner says that on this show, anybody can die, but it seems like mostly minorities and the good guys are dying. Anyway, can't wait for the podcast, guys. All right. Okay, let's, should we take this one by one? Um, sure. You, I, what, you, you go for what you want to say. I feel like I have probably a different reaction than you, so go ahead. Okay, well, I mean, I feel like we did kind of address already how we feel about... um. Titus, Titus yeah. dying on on his terms, yeah. um, problematic, yes. Yeah. Uh, but it was an interesting scene. Yeah. You could I, also argue that Lexa dying is what changed him in a way. You know, so like in some ways, her legacy was his changing too. I don't know. It's well, that's kind of what I mean yeah. earlier. What we've talked about about the writer saying like. 
how her death was about him and it continues yeah. to be about him and yeah. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Well, now and he's I'm, dead. And now he's dead, but I just don't really like that that was even written yeah. with that intention and yeah. I continue to be a bit bitter about that. Yeah. Um, then again, I did not hear the interview. I don't want to put words... Yeah, he didn't say. Words. I mean, he certainly didn't say it was about that. Her death was about him. He was more, but it did come off that way. It was more. He was saying that the tragedy is about the folly of masculinity. Okay, that's you know. So that is better, but even yeah. so, I don't yeah. like that yeah. <laughs> as being the point. Yeah. Um. All right, and as for the Nightbloods dying in their sleep, um. Yeah, that's also... I, I can't really say that this being worse than killing the 229 grounder, 299 grounders is... I don't really see how that could help Bellamy's redemption. Yeah, I, I don't really get that. Per- I mean, I guess the, you could say that... I guess the argument could be made that it's more violent to kill children than it is to kill uh, sol- adult soldiers, but they were going to die no matter what. And also, this was killed. They were killed by a character who was being set up as a villain, not by someone which was a root for. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't think that's what they're trying to do with that. And personally, um, honestly, I know children are children, and killing them is obviously awful. But I don't think that killing nine kids or whatever it was is as bad as two hundred and ninety-nine adults. You know, personally, or especially since like. I don't really know how to set it up of the grounders that were killed by Bellamy and Pike and their group were allies at the time already and like protecting Sky Crew. Whereas then exactly how you put it, like the Nightbloods are knowingly going to fight to the death at some point. Like, mm. Um, all right. As for Lincoln's death, I could definitely understand that it was really upsetting. Yeah. They showed it. While I personally was like upset but okay with it, yeah, it, it just kind of like addressing the mostly minorities and good guys. Uh, I don't really know if I can agree with that. Like through the history yeah. of the show, I think the point of like with the good guys, it's like who is a good guy? These mm-hmm. people are complicated. If we're not just looking at this season, if we're looking at like season two, season one. These are people always protecting themselves. So I wrote a list. I mean, I, I certainly look, I don't want to say I, I understand why people are sensitive to the minority issue. And I, I think that there is a reason to debate this for sure. And that maybe there is a problem. But I wrote a list as far as that for sure, you know, Adam was a white guy that was killed. Dante and Cage were white villains that were killed. Finn was killed. Aiden was killed. And now I have a few other things. I don't. Are we considering women minorities? I know, like, obviously not literally, but like we have talked about, are they killing too many women? Is that a problem? I don't feel comfortable equating that, really. Yeah. Um. So if that if that's if we're not considering them in that category, then they've also killed Monroe, Nia, Gina, and uh, Kane's mother. Uh, and then on top of that, I don't. I, I'm pretty. I I reading. Titus is white, maybe I'm wrong, but I that's how I'm reading him. And so in this episode, even in this particular episode, they killed two white guys and one black guy. So But like I I don't really like this numbers game, so to speak of like, let's do a tally. I think I can see the argument of like 
it's seeming like there are mostly minorities dying. Yeah. And part of it could be that because we recognize this show so much for its representation, like we give it a lot of props for representation. And and at this point, I, I mean, I know there's the issues of the representation with Lexa and that, but like racial at this point, I'm more regarding like racial representation yeah. and um, even gender representation. Yeah. So if you have a lot of characters of color and you're putting them on kind of like the equal footing of anybody can die and giving them important risky roles and and action and motivation mm. then you know they're there's going to, we're going to miss them like we are visually going to be noticing them leaving the show yeah that said maybe there's something i'm missing to this of like taking for granted the fact that i can because I can just not notice as much when, mm. like, other like, when white characters die, yeah. Because that's like the status quo that's kind of built in. So I mean, I want to explain as far as like I wasn't doing a numbers game to like literally be like, hey, look, there's more white people. That's not what I meant. All I'm saying is like, I, I think people aren't acknowledging enough. And maybe maybe if I actually fully did the numbers out, there would be more minorities. But it's not like there aren't white people dying. And literally in this episode, two white people die. And that's, that's all that's all I'm trying to say. And I'm not saying that, you know, people, if they're feeling upset about this and they think that minorities need to be treated better, I can honestly understand that because there aren't a lot of minorities on TV. Mm-hmm. That's that's a fair debate. I also think you could make the, make the argument that the only the two biggest deaths were Lincoln and Lexa, and they're both minorities. Yes. I think you can make that argument, sure. Um, but they're killing a lot of white people. That's all I'm saying. I, yeah. I, and, yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's complicated. And for, especially, like, we want to give this show praise, but we also can't give it yeah. a clear pass for when it deserves to also be critiqued. Yeah. And the other thing is that, again, I want to say as far as the, the two biggest deaths being Lincoln and Lexa, they both had weird behind-the-scenes issues, them going to other pr- things. Now, I don't know I don't know what happened there, but I can't... I don't, I don't feel like I can look at that and say, hey, look, they're killing minorities to kill minorities. It feels mm-hmm. more complicated than that. And, you know, if, we're not, if we have a bunch more and it becomes more and more of a pattern... Well, okay, you know, that's we can have more of a talk about it. And we you can have anybody can talk about it now if they want to. I just yeah. don't agree. I did, I think that I like neither of us want to be reductive. Yeah. And uh it's hard when we don't know the full story and we can't like we're not speaking to the showrunners, we're not speaking to the casting or the writers or any or anything like that. And um I don't know. It's it's definitely hard. And I think part of it is so much of, like, it hurts when we see characters, underrepresented people being killed off on a show where we want to compliment them, the show, for having good representation. I also want to quickly just throw in um, sort of a thought I've been having about how they they have been killing a lot of women specifically, especially this season, a lot. Um, And... 
the thing that is interesting about that though is that this show has no dearth of of women characters as opposed to there aren't a ton of black characters or Asian <laughs> characters and and they're constantly introduced like we just got more of Antari Luna's coming so in that way I don't I personally I don't think there's a huge issue there they're continually having lots of strong women happen so mm-hmm. yeah 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 all right all right shall we go to this last email yeah do you want me to read it sure. All right, so this is from uh, Shahin. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, Just so you know, we had to cut some bits. So um, Shahin says, Hi, Dan and Olga. I totally dig your podcast. I think your in-depth analyses are very different and thoughtful, and I enjoy how you constantly remember nerdy details from previous seasons. That is mostly Dan. (laughs) Um, I'll be the first to admit that. Anyway. Uh, I wanted to say a few things about Ali One, and I had a question about Bellamy. All right, so let's start off with Ali One. I think Ali's character is more complex than most people are giving her credit for. Let me break this down into a few points. One, the apocalypse. Understandably, everyone is assuming that Ali launched the nukes, but in fact, it still hasn't been confirmed what exactly went down that day. We know that Ali hacked into Stratcom in Omaha, Nebraska, but the first missiles were launched from China. What happened in between there? Even the commander of Polaris said that no one knows why the Chinese missiles were launched. Maybe Ali didn't mean to nuke the shit out of the world after all. Here's a wild idea. Apart from nuclear arsenal, Stratcom is also in charge of military satellites. What if Ali was hacking into Omaha to get access to Polaris or another station, but the Chinese somehow got a wind of her activity, misinterpreted it, and preemptively struck? Mm-hmm. Anything you want to say there, Dan? Um... I just think it's interesting ideas. I hadn't thought of them before. They're, yeah. yeah. Enlightening me. In some yeah, way. same. All right, two. Allie's plans for the apocalypse. How does it make any sense for Allie to nuke the world? She was programmed to make life better. How does blowing up and poisoning the environment make life better for humans or for other life? Even if we assume that the root plot of problem was, in fact, too many people, the fallout from the missiles clearly made life on Earth astronomically more miserable. So I think there is more going on here. Do you think she meant to upload everything, everyone to the City of Light before launching the missiles? Hmm. Potentially. What are your thoughts? Uh, potentially, but I think it's more of a thing where she had like, oh, people will survive. Eventually the world like will be reduced and will build itself back up. And at that point, humanity will, there will be less humanity and that will be better. So I was, I I always assumed like this was her long-term plan to Mm. make life better. Yeah. Yeah. But who knows? All right. Three, brainwashing. I assume brainwashed means that you are unable to form your own thoughts, but it, but it's already confirmed uh, by Raven's story that the blue chip doesn't take away your free will, so people must be able to form their own thoughts. Besides, we've seen it before. Ali disapproved of Jaha's crazy talk when he was talking to Pike. That shows that all the crap about faith and salvation is coming from Jaha's mind, not Ali's. And moreover, that Jaha has no trouble defying Ali's suggestions. We also saw how Raven questioned Ali before she completely defied her. As for Otan, I never thought he was actually going to hurt Amori, but he knew that Murphy cared about Amori, so he was using that as leverage. So I wouldn't say that City of Light brainwashes people. It's just extremely convincing, especially if your life sucks. So people just get on board with it. But I especially disagree with calling Jaha brainwashed. He's always had a savior complex. And the fact that he defied death so many times, plus his two journeys in the dead zone, convinced him that he had a mission to lead his people to paradise. I don't know. It just bugs me when people use the word brainwashing about the City of Light. Can I say something? Yeah. Like right off. 
So if we assume that Allie 2, like we now know about Allie 2 is she makes a person more of a person. Mm-hmm. Like it exaggerates their character. Yeah. I think that could still exactly be what's going on with Allie 1. Mm. Like exactly how you put it here of – of um, he already had a savior complex. Exactly, savior complex. Yeah. Now he has an even bigger savior complex. Mm, that's a good point. It's not point. that he's brainwashed, so to speak. Yeah, that's not. That might be just like a short term that we've been using, mm-hmm. like shorthand yeah, yeah. term for like she has has changed his brain mind function. Yeah, I think that this person has some really smart points, and I, I I think I get the I can agree with the OTAN part of it a little bit more than I have in the past. I I think that it's I don't think Yaha is just Yaha, and I think that but but maybe it's not outright brainwashing as much as it's taking away certain brain functions. As far as like he can't remember Wells, so his motivations are being affected, his memories are being affected. He was with her a long time. I don't think Jaha is just being Jaha and is just like drunk the Kool Aid. I I think that there's something going on there. But maybe yeah. I mean it's not outright like controlling him, but affect it. drug it. It feels like a drug. Like they're in happy land, and so they aren't really fully there. And that Raven was able to be snapped out of it, but you know Jaha is more fully in its grips. And I do think his still his personality is still there. It's just not. Maybe all of his brain functions mm-hmm. is that's the idea. That's how I'm reading it. And I, honestly, I, I think that they haven't made it clear. And I hope that they eventually make it a little clearer. Yeah, yeah. I hope so too. And I'm sure at some point we're gonna get more details. Yeah, yeah. Or I'd like to believe that. Yeah. Okay. And lastly, we're gonna move on to Bellamy. I'm curious what made Dan change his mind about Bellamy. Up through Hakeldama, you were totally on board with his arc. And thought it made sense. But as early as Bitter Harvest, you seemed disillusioned. What happened? I talked to people. Um, <laughs> I mean, that that's that's not, that's the actual... I, I had some Twitter debates with a few different people. People had some really good points. Um, and I didn't necessarily agree with them. But the fact that they had their arguments made me feel like this was overly messy. And that it, I felt like... I have a, an argument for why the Bellamy thing makes sense, but that you have to work hard to make that make sense. Mm-hmm. And yes, there is evidence, but there's a lot of a lot of plot holes or things people can point out about why it doesn't work. And even though I don't necessarily agree with all of their reasoning, there is some, there's uh, that enough of people have that issue that I feel like this is messy and that they could have explained it better and that it was just generally rushed and that it just makes me feel, I guess at this point, I don't totally agree with the people who said it's awful and out of character, but I can't firmly stand by this makes sense. And so I just feel icky about it. Yeah. That's kind of where I've been left at. Okay. All right. All right. Is our fight over for the week? I do believe so. Although I will continue fighting this. Yes. I'll continue fighting this cold. Oh, ha ha. Um, all right. Well, we're sorry to see Lincoln go. I'm sorry to see Titus go because I think he's a cool character. Um, yeah. and there's a lot of heavy shit going on on the show and behind the scenes. And I, I, you know, if people have their thoughts, if people disagree with what we said in this episode, go ahead and tell us. We're just trying to be honest and as logical as we can be. And, you know, we're open to other points of view. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything else? 
Well said, Dan. Well said. <laughs> All right. May we meet again. May we meet again.